Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the star killer base of our unknown region's mission and expedition. We're going to find out more about that, I think. Hey, Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landar here. What's up, Fred? <laughs> try to do it different every week. Yeah, this was uh, getting into almost like uh, Palpatine trying to chat with yeah. teens. Yeah. Yes. How are you, fellow kids? Wearing a primary color shirt going, don't do drugs. <laughs> We're here. We're here. Yes. The holidays uh, are upon us. Uh, we're also busy, and then we come together to talk Star Wars. What a wonderful thing. Uh, well, uh, we're going to dive into something else that is really wonderful in a bit, and that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Just <laughs> He's so wonderful. He's so wonderful. <laughs> he really is. Uh, we got a lot to say about Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of our favorite characters, I think, collectively here at Force Center, if we can all agree. I think we agree on uh, a lot of characters, um, but Obi-Wan more than others. Uh, before that, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try again, see it again, and hear it again for the first time. Uh, so before we dive into Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan we want to check uh, on our own lives and everything. Joseph, you've been busy performing, telling stories. Uh, what's going on with you, man? Yeah, this week has been almost all uh, focused on shows. Did that Story Collider show, and then last night I did a fun holiday show. I love uh, doing holiday shows. This is a, yeah. a one-night-only show that's kind of a, a family tradition, but when one of the family members is Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. So oh, that's, yeah. That's really fun uh, to yeah. do random shows uh, with uh, with Dave Foley and uh, there's a, a, a performer named Elvez. Do you know Elvez? So yes, I I'm very familiar with a cult uh, following. Like I don't I'm not following closely, but that was an inside joke between a friend of mine in high school of the <laughs> car- of the guy named Elvez. Yeah, so, I saw your picture. And I was going to ask you. Yeah, he's he's built himself for decades as the Mexican Elvis. Uh, and I had tickets to go see him 20 years ago in Minneapolis as a date. At the time, I worked uh, at Kinko's, and one of the perks was the people working at First Ave, the famous club from uh, that Prince made famous in Purple Rain, oh, yeah. they would give you free tickets. And I was like, oh, this, this woman really likes Elvis. Can I get these free tickets? And then there was a cat emergency. Okay. The, cat, <laughs> the cats emergency. needed uh, some, some help, so we didn't go see Elvis. And then uh, last night, I did the show with them, and realized, I think it's 20 years to the day wow. that I was supposed to see him in Minneapolis. Wow. It was just one of those, like, ah, life. <laughs> the leaves change. <laughs> wow, that's so Life finds fulfilling. a way. Yeah, it's just yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. It, it's so, I, I mean, yes, uh, my friend and I in high school, and just after high school, a friend named Blair, um, we, it just was a little running joke, like, 
the wonderfulness of Elvez. He is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just a powerful, funny performer. Yeah. That's great. Mm. Still going strong. Still going strong. Uh, Jennifer, uh, we know you've been uh, moving secret rebel bases. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Literally. Oh. It's different planets, it feels like. Crate set up yet? Uh, no. Not yet, but I did find <laughs> Princess Nisa, uh, the stuffed Ewok doll that oh, I had. Yeah. And, oh, man, that was my brought it to my daughter. She was thrilled. Uh, there was a debate over whether or not we were going to throw away the Jabba the Hutt pillow that I had made. He's yeah. gigantic. Yeah, I've, that one's made in yeah. videos. Yeah, No, yeah. you can't. So, no, my husband was, like, literally going back and forth between the dumpster. I'm like, okay, just give it away. <laughs> just throw it away. No, wait, we could put him somewhere else. And so, finally, he's living at my mom's house <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i was like my mom's like oh, i'll take some of your costumes I, and i show up i'm like so i have han solo and carbonite this giant cardboard thing i have a giant right. slug that you need to put in your car i have my millennium falcon <laughs> foam skirt my yeah, mom's well, like, that's... i can't take han he's too big <laughs> man we should almost like auction them off for charity no, too big no. to store <laughs> the han solo story <laughs> yeah landa originals the job yeah that job of the hut fellow man i i saw it on the internet before I knew you, you oh know? Yeah. Gosh, no yeah. way. We will crowdfund a, a <laughs> oh, Java Jabba. Palace before you should give that one away. I saved him. I saved, saved him from him. execution. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, man. Uh, so I can, I can imagine... Uh, Jen at the garage door, the door door closing, and, and with the lay on crate look, just Jen's <laughs> eyes looking out. I'm tired of moving. <laughs> the bathroom is almost finished. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. Oh my Let's gosh! Go. How about you, Ken? Uh, what did you get up to this weekend? You know, or week? just a lot of lot of work. The best part, you know, I, 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 the I got the nice gift from our, our friends at Tree on end or the the Ewok. I got the life size Wicket. So he's been doing like a tour. Oh man, and he's staring into my soul right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, to, I mean to move into the floor. Um, yeah, you guys were there uh, last week when I, when I got him, and you took some great photos. Uh, he was drinking McKenna with you. Yeah, Joseph. Uh, he finished the bottle. So he finished the bottle indeed. So I, I had to take him to Jedi Council. I, was, I had to. It was, it was a pleasure to take him there to kind of show him up. But it was the day here in, in Burbank. It was a torrential downpour. Oh gosh! So poor little Wicket was in the back of my car with a plastic bag over his head, <laughs> <laughs> driving from place to place. And you, then you I cut a hole so he could <laughs> breathe, right? I, mean, I did not. <laughs> and so I had to pick him up with a bag and and. and and Roka and I are getting to the collider at the same time, and it's <laughs> it's it's raining. It doesn't rain often here in California, as we know now, yeah, but no. it was flooded. The alley behind collider was flooded, oh, yeah. and Roka and I are wading to up to our ankles in our shoes <gasps> with our shoes, and I'm carrying this Ewok, and his <laughs> feet are getting soaked, and so I had wet. Ewok in my house for two days, wow. um, but uh, it's such a great little thing. So check out uh, Tree of Vendor and Etsy. Uh, I love it. Um, and other than that, just been doing a lot of work. So I haven't had a lot of my Star Wars adventures have been, uh, you know, with you guys all here in my life adventures. But uh, <laughs> yeah. and I found I found and uh, yeah, Joseph taking a, a picture as a record. <laughs> so I hope he releases that later. Um, yeah. Awesome! I just can't stop staring. I, f- at I found scary. the right pose because yeah, I, I couldn't exactly I couldn't it. figure out the pose. So I might have to keep it there. You I don't know. You have to keep it there. He's he's guarding the door. He is. And I just he's mesmerizing. I didn't know that he came with a spear. I, I think after you left, I, I pulled up pulled up the spear from a sec- separate package. It's the, great because he looks like he has something to say. So it's going to be weird looking at him while we podcast because he's <laughs> raising that spear like um actually yeah. technically I believe that yeah. this is when. Right. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. And uh, I had. Um, my, I, I do a little side job here where I manage the apartment complex I'm in now, and I had a, a new tenant come by, and I was like, I, I have to get a key, pop inside. And he walked in, looked to the left, saw the Ewok, 
didn't say a word. Just kind of had that like, <laughs> well, there's a life-size Ewok standing on a bookshelf. <laughs> I think I'll just slip. And I just, I did acknowledge it, and he didn't acknowledge it. It was oh, fun. Oh, also, I wanted to shout out, I, I, found, I got this uh, picture here. Uh, I pointed like it's a video podcast. Uh, new Nan Lawson art on oh, Leia. Nice. Um, I, I highly recommend Nan's work. Check out Nan Lawson. Got a new Leia. I put it on my Instagram page as well. So um, that's that's what I did. That's what you all did. We're ready to dive in and talk a lot to get to some news. Uh We've got uh, this great topic of Obi-Wan. We might go into overtime. We might go into overtime. But as we've been uh, wont to do as of late, we're doing a resistance check-in, not the full reviews. But uh, Joseph and I are really uh, diving into this series. We watch every week. And I just watched actually just before we recorded, so it's fresh in my mind. Uh, uh, Station Theta Black. Yeah. We got a lot of First Order. In this oh, movie. man, this was great. This was, like, all in. We're really really moving forward with the spy story, really moving forward with uh, this uh, seeming like, being like the Rebels uh, a mm. series where we were introduced to Rebels. It was called Rebels, and at yeah. first it was like, here's some adventures of this little group, but it's slowly telling us the story of the Rebellion. And really it feels is. like Resistance is really doing that, of this uh, episode ramped up of, like, this is the story of how the resistance uh, truly functioned. Absolutely, I mean, some some little revealing tidbits about the first order of the station uh, that that was out in the unknown regions. Which, by the way, this is like one of the first times I think visually we've seen the unknown regions for this long extended period of time. Yeah, and really keeping the canon of like you need specifically to really know how to navigate it. Right, right. I love that. Uh, you know, we've read it in books, maybe seen in comics, but like we've spent some time out there. I love that too. A lot of action. We got Poe Dameron. We, we got Bad Poe. Bad Poe, which was great. Blaster Fire Poe. Well, yeah, Poe who <laughs> just kept pushing it. And yes. it's presented as kind of fun, but totally supports both his characterization in Force Awakens of this likable, daring guy right. and his characterization in Last Jedi of likable, daring guy who takes it too far sometimes. Despite Leia's warnings, which. Yep. Leia Organa, the general, featured for the first time prominently. We got to hear the uh, new voice actor, Carolyn Hennessy. Some might know her from Cougar Town. Some might know her from General Hospital or Lego Leia. She's yeah, been a Lego Leia. In this most recent uh, Lego adventures that they're doing. Gotcha. Uh, that kind of incorporates the Freemaker adventures. Oh. Uh, I think we had a news story about them. They're like, there were like three specials. I don't even know if they broadcast yet. It's mm. hard to keep up with it all. <laughs> I know it is. Honestly. Oh, but yeah, yeah, so she was in that most recent, according to her IMDb. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And that was, of course, a change. Yes, a quiet change. Very quiet. Which I would love to talk about for a moment. Well, let's dive on in dive to the quiet into change of Leia. So, a uh, review for anybody who hasn't been keeping up, uh, Rachel Butera was cast, made a big deal about it, and then immediately offended a lot of people by doing a really, uh, uh, I think, offensive uh, impression yeah. of uh, Dr. Ford. Don't mm-hmm. need to go into all that. She did something that was offensive. She apologized. She deleted her Twitter feed. And then I, I have been of the opinion that I wish Disney would uh, address things directly. Right, right. And so I'm curious how you guys feel about this uh, just disappearing of this <laughs> poof. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, th- I think in general I'm okay with it. I, 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 it's weird, but even they're not even acknowledging it now. You know, it's, we it's just in the credits. We just had to find it in the credits. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it would have been appropriate to be like, hey, we have made a change. Um, consequential actions and consequences. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm something I'm big on in my life too. So yeah, I I like that, but I do like I, I, I'm okay within the sense of much of we talk about with Wendig. I guess if you just want to back off, that's fine. But this was this was very public, and this this was it's an important it's an important role. Yeah, and also to shine the spotlight on a new voice who's doing it. 
Like, yeah. To just kind of roll it out slowly. Uh, yeah, I, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy with the situation mm-hmm. overall because I don't want Leia to have that sort of baggage of the discussion. Right. Um, but I general think that one of the messages of Star Wars is deal with your problems head on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I think that if, if she was a bigger name, they would have to address it. But she's, I mean, if she was Daisy Ridley, if she was Gwendolyn Christie, they would have they had to make some sort of statement. But mm. because she's not a big enough name, even though she's playing a major character, the Disney way is just like in the park. When something bad is happening, <laughs> these guys come out of the woodwork, you, they look like tourists, and they just take you away. So, uh, yeah, people, we have seen a lot of people taken through the tunnels, right? Yeah. Uh, proverbially. Yeah, yeah I mean, they just, they uh, quietly, you mm-hmm. would not even really realize it. And yeah. so that's just the way that they handle things because their brand is happy, good, positive. And I totally understand that. I think that now we're in a different day and age, though. I do kind of feel like that's an old school model way of handling things. I think in this day and age, people appreciate honesty and being upfront Mm -hmm. and transparency. um, But I don't think that they're going to do that. (laughs) Right, right. right. Unless they absolutely have to, like with directors, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And even then, it still is kind of like... Just very, yeah. you know, they're not going to share what well, really went down. As someone yeah. who has had once had something, a, a man come out of the shadows of Disney and <gasps> question me over something that wasn't even me. It's, it's, I've seen it happen. Oh, so yeah, wow. I would, yeah, this is the Disney way in a lot of shadow Disney. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty weird. But I thought uh, to, to uh, yeah. add some positivity, I, I did think uh, Carolyn Hennessy did a great job. Yeah, I, I think. Great choice. I, I, yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and it even got better as it, there was one point. Later on, like in, in the middle of her dialogue, it was like, ah, oh, oh, it's come. It's she's got, this. Yeah. she's got this mm. coming together, and it was just great to see uh, Leia there. And also, uh, so my thought, side thought, while watching this fun episode, there's a lot of action, a lot of first order, a lot of stormtroopers, and it it looks. So we keep talking about how beautiful the show looks, mm-hmm. and I know that's a there's a difference between style and design. A lot of a lot of people sometimes get that wrong. I'm not a, an animation expert, but however, whatever's on my screen looks beautiful. <laughs> And I kept thinking, like, this is Disney, uh, a, a kids show. This is definitely, we, 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 we understand what it is. Um, I would love th- this style thrown to a more just regular animated show or movie, too. Like, oh, yeah. You could see some of these stories. We always talk about, hey, on Disney, Disney Plus, could they do a stream and, uh, you know, do a movie, an animated movie? If it's like this, I would be totally engrossed. Yeah, if they had a Lost Stars that looked like this, that right. would be amazing. Uh, yeah. Final thing I wanted to say about Resistance is I love how much they're going for the complexity as well as doing the kids' show. And they just followed that up with, uh, you know, uh, this is total spoilers, but mm-hmm. uh, Kaz and Poe discovering that, oh, they, they the First Order is mining all of this material to make lots and lots and lots of blasters. Right. Mm. And Kaz saying, like, this isn't even going to be enough evidence for my dad, the senator. Yes. Yeah, and then Leia saying like, "Well, and it doesn't help that a lot of senators are are profiting off of some of the purchases that the first order are making." Right, like Ooh. that's a great bit of complexity. Just like we're not backing off how complex this story it, is. It shows me a lot of faith for what's going to keep uh, uh, happening in this series. Yeah, I think just this unrolling of the story of the galaxy during the sequel trilogy. So that is Star Wars Resistance. Our check in, great episodes. If you haven't done, uh, taken a dive in the show, we highly recommend doing it. But also, we're going to dive into the news. With Jennifer Linda. That's right. So not 
too much news today, uh, but it didn't take Marvel long after shelving Chuck Wendig's Vader series to announce that a new Vader series would be coming in March of 2019. Vader Dark Visions will explore a different side of the iconic Sith Lord in a new limited comic series written by Dennis Hopeless and artist Paolo Vianelli and Brian Level. StarWars.com announced that the series will take readers to the darkest parts of the galaxy, places where the mysterious anti-hero can be someone's greatest fear and even someone's greatest hope. The cover art by Greg Smallwood shows Darth Vader holding his ignited lightsaber and a shield with the Imperial symbol on it while riding an evil-looking horse <laughs> with horns. What did you guys think of the image that accompanied this story? I thought it was really cool looking. It's really cool. Right? I almost would hang it on a wall. I yeah. hope it's I hope it's not real. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I, was like, I right. think that's totally somebody's, uh, you know, vision. vision. That's, okay. that somebody is telling a story of this shadowy figure they right. saw from afar, heard about, and they imagine that's what the character looks like. Right. I, don't, I don't think Vader's actually riding right. with the shield. A horse oh, I with uh, two-headed eagles yeah. fly, flying above him. Oh, oh so cool. Yeah. But yeah. do you think that this is this is uh, Marvel's way of recycling Wendig's ideas? Because it kind of sounded similar to me. I mean, to me, it's it's exactly the same. <laughs> it's the same, right? The, yeah, I mean, the most fascinating thing thing to me about this is the copywriters having to write this copy for what this series is when one hand saying it's the Wendig series we're going to do before we fired him but without Wendig and also making it kind of sound like something new and totally failing at both as far as I'm concerned (laughs) yes Uh, yeah this whole thing is just I my my notes I wrote sad face yeah yeah. I think the same Marvel is a a different company from Lucasfilm so this could all be 100% internal to Marvel yeah so you can't just say Lucasfilm in general but it's the same thing I don't agree with the firing of uh, Wendig Mm -hmm. and and the reasons given for it uh but this thing all could have been handled so much better and I think this is a great concept, but I find myself wondering, like, I assume this was an editorial concept Mm -hmm. that was given to Wendig. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But I I sure hope they're not using too many of his ideas. It sounds like they probably just said the same concept, different perspectives on Vader, and let's go all the way over here away from his ideas. Yeah, I think, I mean, that would probably have to happen unless you're doing some some weird credit thing. I saw him tweet. That's how I actually learned about this project. I saw his tweet first and it was some kind of like what's that little eyes emo- uh, emoji oh, where you're yes. like looking yeah. down at something uh, <laughs> it was something like that so i'm sure he and his team are probably let's yeah, uh, let's I'm, take a look but yeah. you're right like i'm sure they own the concept but yeah you just can't help this is just a big mess yeah i'm sure there's <laughs> not a legal issue i still just think they, i wish they would have just put his comics out and then yeah. just not hired him again if they didn't mm. want to work with them and because this this looks interesting but for me Personally, just a personal opinion, it's tainted. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no, it's definitely. You can't look at it. Yeah, you can't look at it the same way. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, We thought we'd get the news at Star Wars Celebration, but the Star Wars show has announced that next summer we're getting a new Thrawn novel from Timothy Zahn. We don't know much about the book, except that it will be uh, tying up loose ends from Zahn's books, Thrawn and Thrawn Alliances. Zahn's upcoming novel is called Thrawn Treason and is set before the final uh, finale, excuse me, of Rebels. Del Rey shared on Twitter that Thrawn's imperial loyalty is tested. He crosses paths with Orson Krennic and his protege Eli Vanto returns with dire warnings about Thrawn's homeworld. Were either of you surprised by this announcement? We knew he was going to be on the book panel at Celebration, yeah. so that's where I thought that they were going to announce his new novel. So I was kind of surprised that they're announcing it now, 
But maybe is it because there's he's setting something up for nine or the TV shows? I I no longer have have faith in it. I mean that in an okay way, but a little bad. I no longer have faith that anything in the novels will connect in a major way in any of the saga films. Mm. And I, sometimes I wish it did. Sometimes I, it just it doesn't matter to me if it does or not. Little side characters or anything, but. I was surprised, and 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 Star Wars books. The official Twitter feed was putting out little uh, hints, and uh, even our our good friend, uh, our, our good friend and, and listener Mark Knopp was in our Discord server. Like, I think there, something's coming. Something's coming. <laughs> I sure if this was it. So I was surprised at the timing announcement. Just kind of like eh, here on a Tuesday, we'll <laughs> put this out. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, it's so not, many thoughts on Thrones. So. Yeah, it's not until summer of 2019 that it's actually coming out, right? Yeah. Right. So it, it, it will be celebrated at Celebration, I think, right. but it probably won't be out. No. Because that's right. not summer, right? Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> I have no concept of time. Uh, yeah, how does so. time work? It's fascinating to me that it, it seems like it's going to be in a very, uh, what I think is a small sliver of time, because mm-hmm. I believe they said on Star right. Wars show that it is after the TIE Defender project got shut down. So that would be Kanan's death on rebels right right and before mm, yeah. the series end so i don't think that's a huge chunk of time to be playing in you're right that's right i forgot about that aspect of the story yeah that's uh that's an interesting and it's interesting because this is thought thrawn treason and so there's this kind of idea of will thrawn stay loyal to the emperor or or the chiss yeah we might know that answer so I, so it's like yeah yeah you know? <laughs> yeah and on one hand it's like trilogy but then yeah. uh on the star wars show andy gutierrez uh introduced it as the next book in the thrawn series which could just mean yeah it's the the yeah, final right, one right. In, the, in the trilogy but it could mean like ooh, is he gonna keep writing huh i'm sure i'm sure zon will whether someone's <laughs> telling him, tell him or not. i've I got mean, 12 thrawn stories yeah. is this something that that needed needs to be tell, told i guess is my question i haven't read thrawn or thrawn alliances so uh, is there Plenty more meat on this bone. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there's super big. I mean, the first book is really setting up uh, Thrawn choosing this Eli Vanto to mm, help him right, with his concerns true. back home. And then the second one is really threat- setting up what are the actual threats back home. So yeah. it's totally logical that it would be this is the one where he and his sort of apprentice, Eli, actually deal with the threats back home. But it does, uh, by definition, say, we're going to spend a bunch of time in the unknown regions and probably start defining some things. Right. That's what I was thinking. I don't think will will affect episode nine, but I wouldn't be surprised if it affected a little something in Resistance or if it re- if he's really in conversation with Filoni for sort of mm. what would the next step be. It'd be interesting. And just in general for the story group, starting to make a few more definitions about the unknown regions. Yeah, I you know I struggle struggle with Thrawn as I think yeah, I've come yeah. to, I've come to that conclusion against against what I thought. Uh, I I am not less excited for these Thrawn novels except for getting some of these answers because each one of the first two novels had some kind of big oh okay uh, this is like I loved a lot in the second one uh, I love the stuff with Padme I love the younger Anakin like a lot of don't get me wrong I just. I sometimes wish I could have the Cliff Notes <laughs> version. Yeah. Just tell me what's important. It, it's a little too methodical for me. That's just me. Um, so, but I like having Zon and Thrawn around. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited yeah. for it. I, I guess I need a little counseling. We'll see. Yeah. I'll step into your office. Okay, we'll review together <laughs> the first two uh, there we go. books. <laughs> yeah. You know who is excited about Star Wars? 
filmmaker Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah. yeah. As we all know, Smith is an uber Star Wars fan. So when he visited the Episode Nine set recently, he was blown away. He told the Lights, Camera, Barstool podcast that he visited the set for a week and watched two things get filmed. He said that his mind was blown on a Star Wars level because he saw things that connected to all of the Star Wars movies. He said the set was the most massive thing he's seen in his life. He also watched a performance that was a career best uh, on set that made him cry. And if that wasn't enough, he said someone shared some details with him about Episode Nine's story, and he exclaimed, what? <laughs> because this is it. They're wrapping it up with Episode Nine. This is their conclusion to the entire Star Wars saga, end quote. It sounds like... This is the greatest movie ever. So what are we to make from Kevin Smith's exclamations? I mean, he was cryptic, but I was I started piecing things together. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, I just want to hear that. Not like that, not specifically, but it just was like, oh, okay, I get it. So they're yeah. they're gonna bring all the all of the pieces together in some way. I don't know who the career best performance is. I'm thinking it's probably Daisy Ridley or Adam right. Driver. Yeah, right. I had thought Mark Hamill because obviously mm. he, uh, Kevin Smith has a relationship with him. Having you know, Mark Hamill's been in his his oh, yeah. uh, silent uh, Jay and Silent Bob, right? Yeah, uh, Talky Dave and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Silent Phil. Uh, almost got that wrong, um, but I think it doesn't seem like Hamill has been on set yet. Mm-mm. Uh, I don't. I, I yeah, maybe. I, I think he. I think he did. I've lost track of it. I've lost track too. I've but it just yeah. he, he's been so clear about when he's going to film that Viking show, whatever that is. I can't Correct. remember the title of it. Uh, yeah, and he's been in Prague doing that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. who knows? So I think that's a possibility. But I think Daisy really is a great guess too. Yeah. Uh, G- Daisy like or Adam Adam Driver there's, together. There's a lot to break in. I do want to. So this this interview is con- conducted by Robbie Fox of uh, Barcelona Sports, uh, who actually f- uh, listens to Four Center too. So yeah. so, so Robbie, if you're listening, uh, good exclusive. Sitting down, we're breaking down your news about kevin smith and there is a lot to there's a lot to this isn't just him crying on the episode seven set no. yeah and, and people are that you know they tease kevin i love that this guy is so passionate about star wars yeah he's a fan he's a that's fan. what he's genuine fans get excited yeah absolutely uh i mean we've we all here have gotten a you know a little emotional or one tear talking about some of our favorite characters yeah. at the moment so i really respect uh kevin just being so open and honest with his passion about it there but yeah, I, I I go to I keep coming back to either Mark Hamill or Adam Driver. Yeah, mm. for my choice in the Kevin who's Kevin Smith talking about pool? Right. Yeah, um, because it's a established, you know. But and also and also Billy D. Williams. Career, yeah, I mean career best performance, but, but I mean uh, that Billy would be D. a great twist because we're all expecting a jolt of fun from Billy D. Williams. Yeah. But we, I mean, if Lando is part of like the emotional. <laughs> conclusion of Star Wars. That would be an amazing, uh, a, yeah. a really fun and welcome surprise. I was really happy to see him talk about the scale. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the other big thing. Because so. I do I do hope that, you know, this is sort of the promise of all-out war. Like, yeah. I want there to be, obviously, the emotional moments, the character moments, bringing it all together. That, that's what makes a movie sing. Mm-hmm. But we also have this promise of these two incredibly powerful force users who have to go up against one another. And yeah. more. Oh, yeah. I want a Return of the King style. Right. Mm. Battle of Minas Tirith style. Like, if, if you get that in Star Wars uh, with modern filmmaking and technology, I don't think we've had that yeah. yet. That true ground battle. Yeah. You know, Ro- I, Rogue One, Third Act, great. I mean, that's 
my standard bearer right now, but something that's just going to, you know, I remember watching Return of the King, the Battle of Minister. I, I didn't realize my hands had gripped the seat so yeah. tight until the battle's over. I'd I mean, love like, to have that in Star Wars. Imagine some of the, the battles in the Clone Wars animated series where you're getting yes. to see Obi-Wan or Anakin lead the clones in these massive ground battles. Right. I would so love to see that live on screen with Rey, you know, supporting the troops. Mm. Right. Right. Wow. Or this is just a big caretaker party. <laughs> and we are wildly speculating against our own T-shirts uh, wishes. Oh, yeah, no. But that was that was neat to hear Kevin Smith's praise. Uh, file this unjust a rumor, but Collider Frosty teased on Twitter that Star Wars fans will be treated to a teaser or some footage from Episode 9 very soon. Elsewhere on the internet, a film blogger claimed he had one source tell him that we should expect to learn the title of Episode 9 by the end of the year. He also had another source say that a quick teaser is in the works. What inside information do you guys have? <laughs> Nothing, because Fro- Frosty over Collider, yeah. um, and, and, and Collider and Collider Video are, are for listeners, are, are, are basically two different things. I, I, when I, my time there, you, you don't work with Collider. You work next to them uh, if you're Collider Video. Um if that makes sense. So, but that said, Frosty is a legitimate movie news reporter. Right. And he's on the phones all day calling sources like it's 1940. <laughs> um, he works hard. So if he says something, I take notice, much like his, hey, the standalones are on pause. Um, but so I also take notice that it's not an official story. Mm. It's just a tweet. Yeah. That he said. Well, maybe. And we all go to titles and teasers. I, it really could be a force for change video. Where Baba Joe shows mm. back up. Oh yeah, it could yeah. be some new. Like yeah, because that, that yeah. was our kind of first true look, right? It really was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's where my head comes down. Yeah. Comparison's sake, Last Jedi was January for the mm. title reveal, mm-hmm. and the title reveal is always just whenever they want to claim the websites, right? Because right. that's how it will break, and so they have to break it. True. Like as they're, they have to put out the press release as they're pushing. Yes, we are registering the triumph of Ray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to. Or we- right. mm, interesting. I also kind of feel like it's December. It's now been known as like or feels like Star Wars month. We don't have Star Wars this yeah. year. I feel like people are kind of just maybe have that inkling like, oh, something's going to happen. But very well, I I think that we may not get anything until January. I I like this idea of, hey, a year from now, you Mm -hmm, know, unwrap this gift. That that makes some sense. And if it's just a title reveal, but, you you know, that's a great note about the websites and the registrations. Um, But yeah, something small like that. I I guess I'm tired to time. I don't want to become what Marvel fans just were for the Avengers 4 trailer (laughs) with pitchforks and flaming torches. (laughs) Give us a trailer! (laughs) When is it? When is it? Yeah. I would be perfectly happy with a very, like, a 30-second teaser that's just, like, our characters' faces, honestly. Yes. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't need... Yes. Anything juicier than that myself. Mm, interesting. <laughs> just thinking of Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia teaser tracers, oh. which were just the, hello, I'm Frank T.J. Mackey. Hello, I'm Ray. <laughs> hello, I'm Poe. Oh, my gosh. Boy, that brings me back. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, that is the news. That is the news. And also, we should put uh, the Galaxy of Adventures. Uh, oh, the yeah. Sort of some of my favorite stuff. Oh, yeah. There's uh, Yeah, that, that Leia one we were hankering for that I still wish they would have led with, but I'm yep. glad it came out, out right. right away. Mm. Uh, and yeah, all of them are great. Yeah, Man. and I the Emperor fun one, Luke versus the Emperor. Oh God, yeah. Ooh, actually, that's my. F- I'm glad you brought that. The, the fun facts, Leia is my favorite fun facts. But mm-hmm. that that the Palpatine flashback. 
Yeah, it's so it's, ends with his uh, face. Yeah, it's so great, but it's it's also just illustrating like that for generations coming up. There's no difference between the originals and the prequels. It's all right. one story, one story, mm. hey, which we like, which we yeah. like. Anyways, just want to make a note of that while we thought about it. Uh, but before we get at our main topic, which is going to be Obi Wan Kenobi, we want to do our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, our choice is Way Out of Canon. I went crazy. Ooh. It's the Revenge of the Sith novelization. I guess technically in canon limbo, it's yeah. canon unless it says something that's not canon. <laughs> uh, but I threw the Revenge of the Sith novel. Novelization in there's so many great canon books that we celebrate, uh, but this is one that fans go to again and again when discussing not only that movie but some of the characters featured because it so successfully went into their heads and their motivations. And for uh, some of our thoughts about Obi Wan, a lot of stuff in this novelization. So if you've never read it or listened to it, listen to it on us. Absolutely, check it out. I I keep saying we're going to go back and reread some of those uh, the the movie novelizations. Spotlight Star Wars. I've taken a dive into the Return of the Jedi one, and I think it would be rewarding to go back mm-hmm. and see some get some insight there. So that is it. Check it out on us there at audibletrial.com slash force center. That's audibletrial.com slash force center and support the show directly. All right. We're going into our main topic here. Oh, we've been waiting to do this one. Uh, it was on tap and then the Galaxy of Adventures uh, kind of uh, knocked it out of the top spot for a week. But Obi-Wan is forever. So we can yeah. always talk about Obi-Wan and we're going to do it here today. Who is Obi-Wan Kenobi? Now, I'll uh, I'll say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to lead us through here, but there's so much here. Yeah. I'm going to get lost in the shuffle. <laughs> um, let me get, so let's start with some basics about Obi-Wan Kenobi as just some stats born 57 years prior to the battle of Yavin on the planet Stu John, which we now know is uh, George Lucas on, <laughs> on John Stewart's uh, was yep. a daily show joking around and saying, yep, that's official. So George's word was always God. Uh, and uh, that's why it's planet Stu John began training. And this is interesting. Six months after his birth yanked up, Taken back to Coruscant, began his training. So he has absolutely no memory, uh, really, unless it's through the force of where he was before. Unless, uh, I don't know, I don't know about you, I don't remember my six months into this <laughs> mortal world. Uh, he is the first Jedi to defeat Sith in combat in over a thousand years. Put that on the back of his baseball card. And that, of course, was Darth Maul. Now we say defeat, um, you know, not kill. <laughs> Till later. It counts as a defeat, I think. You're cut in half, falling down a pit. You've been defeated. <laughs> it's a check by the box, as it were. Of course, as we know, trained under Qui-Gon Jinn. We're going to learn a lot more about that with Claudia Gray's new uh, novel, Master and Apprentice, coming out. Promoted to the High Jedi Council as a master due to his work in the Outer Rim before the Clone Wars, uh, really. So by the time we see him attack the clones, right, he's there, right? Am I no. remembering that right? No. no. I remember that wrong. See, I'm lost already. Yeah, he's not on the council and attack the That's clones. right. That's right. He's just standing there next to them. Yeah. So I think it's after... <laughs> after uh, uh, After Anakin has uh, become a Jedi Knight, right? That would make some sense. Uh, and uh, chosen one, I, I like putting this down. I love tracking that we're going to dive into his chosen one belief first, not Anakin, then Anakin, and then Luke, <laughs> yeah. which is interesting. There, so we're going to dive into the uh, different aspects of Obi Wan's life. The first is a mental mentor figure because uh, I, let's start here. Actually, first, take it back. I want to get through our overall impressions of Obi Wan now because we we are met we are introduced to him in our generation, and I think most people as the old mentor first. Uh, that is how we see him. Whether you saw it in seventy seven, eighty three, eighty nine, or the special editions, that's kind of where we begin with Obi Wan. Uh, so, what are our, our impressions of the classic mentor Obi Wan Kenobi when you first meet him, Joseph? Yeah, I mean, he's like a character who's been with me my entire life because of that mentor thing in the age I was when I yeah. saw Star Wars. He, he he has always been one of my favorite characters. 
But I was thinking back on the mentor thing and why, like, I didn't relate to him because mm-hmm. I was a child. I didn't be like, yep, I can't wait to be <laughs> an old, an old, <laughs> old desert, grizzled. an old desert rat uh, who gets murdered by Darth Vader. Uh, but I remember thinking that he was cool because he had baggage in history. And I remember mm-hmm. even as like a very young kid thinking that was cool and trying to emulate that at a very young age. Like by the time I mm. was like eight, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I've been collecting comic books for a long time, a long time. It's been six months. Uh, and I, I remember, I think it's be- because of that, he has so much weight in, that's a name I've not heard in a long time, and just like that, uh, that sense of uh, longing in, for the past mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just history he has about him. This just seems cool. Yeah, I, I totally get what you say because especially when you start reading, you know, when I did read the novelizations younger and the little things are revealed that maybe aren't revealed in the movies, some of it incorrect, Uncle Owen being his brother, we know doesn't yes. count anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- there was some intrigue there that even, you know, you, you were wondering what he was thinking about when he looked off. Yeah. <laughs> also just seemed kind and cool. He felt like home to me in a weird way. Like yeah. not home like Han Solo coming on the Falcon home, but like safe, like a safe Environment, so like I, I, you know, as you should, you want to cling to him. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It mm-hmm. makes sense, Jen. Yeah, I think that for me, he always felt like a very mysterious character. Uh, I don't want to say scary because that's not true. I almost felt like he was like an older uncle or even grandpa to me, where he's going to be your ally. He's going to be sneaking you the candy, <laughs> you know, and have a withers. Yeah. But, but that there was that he did have this, this secret past. And I remember when I was a kid, I was like, hey, what is all this stuff? He's, you know, the clone wars. Wow. There's, there's so much that we don't know about him. Who is this man? Right. <laughs> Obviously now we know a lot about him, but yeah, I, I, there was this kind of warm feeling about him, even though he was kind of, mysterious and mysterious old wizard mm. yeah mm. old ben kenobi uh, yeah that that just the initial scene a lot of what you're talking about joseph of him and, and jen too just the what he was talking about in clone wars that's some val is just best work it's yeah. just classic mm-hmm. theta movie 1950s actor to me like he's just really bringing it there. yeah but it's also like that's the i think so much what was powerful about star wars yeah because the the most of the perspective is these young kids dashing in you mm-hmm. know against all odds and he's the one who has that weight yeah and it, and, and you it, sense that even if you're a kid you sense that there's something real about yeah. life that this is the way it works that when you, when you can't even verbalize it as a kid and you're like when your parents get that look in their eye yeah and you don't know what that look means because you haven't lived life long <laughs> enough to know what it's like to look back, you know? Right. Yeah. Although, you look true. back to first grade. I also think that this the the first impressions really help George Lucas build out this world. Like yeah. that's how this this because uh, any references of the past are generally from Obi Wan, Vader, Tarkin get some kind of uh, conversation about it in the Death Star, but. Obi Wan brings in that uh, like, oh, this is bigger than what I'm watching. Yeah. Which as a kid, you're intrigued again. You know, on the playground. Did you know there was something called the Clone Wars? <laughs> I came. Right. I said that several times, only because I, you know, 
I heard it from Obi Wan. <laughs> I will also say that because of Alec Guinness's performance, the gravitas that he that he had, he he made me believe in the Force. I mean, if you have yeah. the wrong actor delivering all this mm-hmm. stuff about the Force, you think they're you know, oh, that's really hokey, literally hokey religion. Yeah. And the, you know, the way that he's presenting it, and that this is an elegant weapon, it it makes it seem real as a yeah. child. And I think that it it helps you buy into the entire saga. Quite frankly, that's a great point. That Han Solo, arguably the coolest one and certainly the one who is set up in the film to be the cool one is pushing back on Obi-Wan saying all the things you're saying are stupid. Right. It's a it's a powerful character to have him be the one who's just like smiles and nods and is like, yeah, whatever, young hotshot. I, I, I know the truth. Yeah. I don't need to be a big jerk about it, but I know the truth. And you, the coolest guy in the movie, are wrong. And, and to go back to your point, Jen, like I think it's really important. I, I go to the scene. It's Wayne's World 2, where <laughs> the old guy working the ga- the gas station when Wayne's asking him for directions, and, and they do the joke where they're like, ah, let's get a better actor in, and Charlton Heston walks in and does um. the cameo. It's almost like that to me, where if you had the wrong performer, just some you know guy in England who had this job, like it wouldn't have that, that classic weight to it. I think that's why it's extra important that Sir Alec Guinness did it, whether or not he liked Star Wars or not. And he liked it fine at first. <laughs> fine at first. And he liked the, the percentage in the back end. I was yes. watching a great interview where they're discussing it with him. Oh, yes. Oh, so well. So, so good. Um, so we talk about first impressions. I want to get into the idea because the way Star Wars has rolled on out and episode four is not necessarily the starting point for a lot of people. We've had conversations with, with listeners we've met in, in public where we're like, oh, Clone Wars was my first dive in. And you're seeing, Joseph, an entirely different kind of Obi-Wan. Yeah. We'll never see it like that. We can't go back and change time. Um, do, how do you think seeing him in action as a young Jedi w- changes who Obi-Wan is to uh, fans? I just think, it, like, on an emotional level, the young Obi-Wan makes the old Obi-Wan even richer. Like everything we're talking about is there in the original performance in a new hope, but seeing the moments that he himself as a young man was really impatient Mm -hmm. and, you know, a little reckless and then seeing how much he sees that in Luke. And just like when Luke uh, at the canteen is like, you know, I could pilot. We don't have to sit here and listen to this and just patiently puts his, you know, in just to having the power of knowing like your mind flashes of, you know, young Obi-Wan hopping up and down, waiting for that laser gate to open <laughs> yeah. so he can avenge his fallen master and knowing that that character knows exactly how Luke feels mm. and knows it. It's fine. You, it, you'll learn. It's fine. It, what you're saying, what you're describing is how I feel watching Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Yeah. When he's talking to Ray, you're like, yeah, he's he's been he's down. He's been there. Yeah. He's been there. So, yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of now our perspective on... Luke, uh, Jen, uh, we can't go back in time. We no. can't go between the world between worlds yes. and jump on out. Yeah, I think initially with The Phantom Menace, I had a difficult time because I associated the role with Alec Guinness so much. Mm. And, I f- and it just was not what I expected. I felt like Ewan's performance. Now when I look at Ewan's performance, I'm like, yes, it makes sense. It works. But when I first watched it, it felt kind of stilted to me. I felt like by the Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, he really had grown into the role. And to me, I and even now, mm. I can see the glimpses of Obi-Wan, the elder, in the younger version, like with his dry sense of humor. There is an ease in his performance at, that it, there is, um, how do I describe it? He's He is... He has all this weight behind him, right? Mm-hmm. And he has this, this elegance in some sense. And and yet it, there's an ease and relax, relaxation to his performance that I feel 
is very similar to Alec Guinness's in the original trilogy. But initially, it, it was a tough sell for me. I'm not going to lie. Well, I but now I enjoy no, it. No, because it was kind of weird. Where it, sometimes, f- for us, it's, it's, you get the answers. So when you go back to Phantom Menace, you're like, is that what young Obi-Wan? Okay, okay. All right. And, and still did. I mean, jokes aside, I mean, that was sometimes the problem with especially Phantom Menace, a lot of reserved kind of uh, performances. Um, you know, that's a different different podcast. But uh, I don't know. So, Joseph, did when you see young Obi-Wan, where was your hat at upon first he, seeing he it? Was ne- he was now my perspective character. When I was a kid, Luke was my perspective character it, in yeah. Obi-Wan. I liked for all these reasons. And there, something about Ewan McGregor's uh, performance, the, I could go on and on about that. Yeah. But I think just seeing that, wow, people can come this far in life. Like mm-hmm. there was, was there were those glimmers of who he was going to become mm-hmm. with like uh, the negotiations were short. Yeah. Um, but also he was sort of like very centered and, and dutiful. And I was like, I, I just want to do my job as a Jedi and, and do what I'm supposed to do. And that all connected to me to the old Obi-Wan. But mm-hmm. seeing that youth and that desire to ha- be have be recognized by his master Qui-Gon. All of that yeah. stuff was like, yeah, now I know that feeling of like, ah, I want to get out there in the world and, and start my life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's a great, great observation. I, I, yeah. It took, it took me a little bit too, like not, we're, you know, not talking years, but like the second or third viewing, like to get, to get used to it. But I, I, I was, I remember watching the trailer and being like, he sounds just like Obi-Wan. Like, ah! I was freaking out with my roommates. Like, he's got it down. He's got it down. So he's definitely there. Uh, before we move, I do want to dive into young Obi-Wan. Let's go to the mentor thing here. Uh, again, what were some of his greatest strengths, um, victories as a mentor? What did you like? Maybe some specific things that he did. Uh, and this can actually stretch out because we also saw him as a mentor to Anakin. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of- I think it's, it's patience. I think it's all about patience. I think mm-hmm. that's like clearly he taught. Anakin lots of skills like yeah. just technical skills that Anakin quickly you know mastered and or surpassed uh, but I think everything that he gives Luke that we see in this very short time is you know telling him to open himself telling him to let go telling him to take a first step everything that Obi-Wan is saying to Han when every time he pushes back in front of Luke is like well what if you thought about this from another way like mm. who's the fool the fool or more you know all that is very much, I think, just trying to demonstrate to Luke patience. Mm. Mm. Patience, like a good, 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 uh, good song from the late eighties, right? Um, <laughs> wow, is that Guns N' Roses? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. nineteen eighty-eight. I'm, I'm looking at you. The yes, Guns that's Roses uh, the first track on the R side of GNR Lies. <laughs> oh, like wow. back me up, I'm like it definitely wasn't Mr. Big, right? I gotta oh make sure. It wasn't oh, you, Mr. you <laughs> monster! <laughs> wow. Uh, Databank music brawl. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Jen, yeah, your, your patience. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a forgiving, forgiveness, a forgiving quality that he has, especially in the original trilogy, towards Luke, which I think is a nice arc for the character because, I, for me, I always felt like he was hard on Anakin um, in, the, in the prequels. And so... By the time, and it's kind of just like life, right? Like mm. as a parent, I, I see it with my mom. She was really strict and tough, and now with my daughter as a grandma, she's so much more forgiving and chill. <laughs> I'm like, hey, wait a minute, but it's because she's she's been around the block, she's seen it, she's done it, she's experienced it, she's lived life, and I kind of feel like that's how Obi Wan is. He's the grandpa by the time we meet him, you know, mm. in the original trilogy, where he's like, mm. yeah, all right, I'll give the, I'm going to help this this young kid, and we're going to work through this. Yeah, and he's learned more patience himself. Yes, exactly. Of knowing like oh, it yeah. won't help 
uh, you know, just w- when the will of the force allows it, Luke will come to me. I'll I'll nudge a little bit, and then we'll we'll be on our way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, lessons learned from from episode one to that moment in Rebels. I mean, yeah, small. that's that's a it really is for for me. One of the things I always go to is um, uh, letting Luke maybe discover some of this stuff on his own uh, in terms of, like, this is your destiny. You're coming with me to Mos Eisley. Like, Obi-Wan probably could have been, not that I think he would have been like, hey, look, I got to tell you about your father. But he kind of let him on his own. Like, all right, you must do what you feel is right. Yeah. Go back home. I just did this Star Wars counseling, uh, this most recent one, that's all about that scene in Mm -hmm. A New Hope. And I got my mind thinking even more. If if, uh, Brew and Owen hadn't been killed, which motivated Luke... I think Luke still would have taken him to Anchorhead like you promised. Right. And I would love to do like uh, just like a comedy sketch of that drive to Anchorhead where Obi-Wan is just like, by, by the way, here's another amazing thing your <laughs> yeah. father, the Jedi, did to save the galaxy. If, yeah. I don't know if you, I mean, if you're interested in yeah. following your father's footsteps. <laughs> I mean, just, I'm just saying. You want to do. Yeah. I think he is gently poking him of like, sure, look, yep. you can stay on the farm like Owen. Yeah. Or you can go out there and live. Yeah, you, I know you dream off in the sunset. Yeah, uh, and I, I like that because he could he could have gone full Jedi. He could have used some Jedi tricks, but he, he knew the power <laughs> power of letting him uh, kind of make his own choice in a way. Let's talk about Young Kenobi. So after years of, of wondering about uh, Young Kenobi, we finally got to see his life prior to becoming a quote hermit. There's a lot of uh, different parts of this journey. There's the Padawan. There's the Jedi Knight. There's the General. Did this live up to your expectations? Jenna and I already kind of talked out initially. We're like, okay, we got to get used to it there. Um, and what parts of this journey surprised you all? Uh, Jenna, we'll start with you. Hmm. I, uh, I guess it surprised me by, like I said, kind of how, how tough he was on Anakin. And yet, as I've gotten older and with more viewings, I understand why he was tougher on Anakin than he was with Luke, very different people. <laughs> Sometimes you have to mentor your students in different ways. And so, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's what, that was, uh, surprised me the most. Mm, that, yeah. Uh, Joseph. Yeah. I mean, I think my only real criticism of Obi-Wan in the prequels is that he should be in it even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every Absolutely. single shot. Yeah, yeah. What's that Simpsons joke about Poochie? Like when Poochie <laughs> isn't there, people should be asking, "Where's Poochie?" Poochie. That's how I feel about Obi Wan in the prequels. I think he's, I think he, he uh, demonstrates every sort of uh, aspect of of Obi Wan. I love that right away in Attack the Clones, we get that that sense of I, I have become a mentor, even though I'm not that old, mm. and that he's got that little bit of grumpiness, uh, and that. Uh, this image to me of Obi-Wan as the Jedi who is doing it as a job. Mm -hmm. He's not being a hero. This is his job to not question too much what the Jedi order tells him to do. Mm -hmm. He's curious and he'll like go on some philosophical flights of fancy, but he's just training Anakin Mm -hmm. the proper Jedi way. And it's hard. So he gets grumpy and frustrated and he doesn't like flying because he's not like Luke or Anakin. He's not like, let me show you some tricks. He's like, I really just want to figure out what's going on with this uh, bounty hunter. And then I want to go to a diner and talk philosophy with Dexter Jetster in this like picture of this person who's doing the job Mm -hmm. comes, comes across. So uh, I think I was surprised in a pleasant way by that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was also surprised how much they let him be, a warrior, like particularly yeah. in Revenge of the Sith. Like, mm. again, he's not driving passion out of it. He's not like, I love to fight, but like, mm. 
well, my job now is to fight and fight and fight and go wherever I'm told and cut down whatever I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was cool, but also a fun surprise that that was a, a part of who he is. Yeah, I like that stuff a, a lot. That uh, the the Jedi at work uh, is yeah. one, of, one of one of my favorite things about Attack of the Clones is him on this private eye investigation, oh, uh, you know, journey there, which is not something I would have thought would have happened. I would have thought more of what we got in the Clone Wars Revenge of the Sith all the way through. And I really like, when I look back on the prequel movies, we'll talk about the Clone Wars separately, I like this idea that, uh, you, you touched on it, Joseph, but, you know, he, he wasn't immediately on board with, uh, oh yeah, let me train this kid, or fully in agreement with, with Qui-Gon on stuff. It's no. one of the things I love about the relationship, and diving more into just who Qui-Gon is. He's a bit of a rebel, we talked about this, this Jedi on the on the outside. Um, and I like that Obi-Wan, he's, I wouldn't call him straight-laced, but he does his job, he follows the rules, he believes in this stuff, and so the fact that we go back, and at one point he kind of was like, you know, who's this, you know, ragamuffin we've picked up off this planet? yeah. It's George, you know, saying, hey, look where they end up and everything. But I, I've always liked that. That was one of my surprising. I wouldn't have thought that. Which yeah. is why I'm glad I'm not writing these things, <laughs> you know, looking back. A lot of arcs in the Clone Wars series. I mean, there's so many that I sometimes forget. I've been doing like this kind of slow molasses rewatch. And it's almost, I'm almost like, ah, oh, I missed this episode. No, I've seen every episode. <laughs> so there's a lot of Kenobi in there. We yeah. got General Kenobi front and center. Uh, what are some of your favorite arcs in this series, Joseph? Yeah, I think all anything with Maul and anything with Satine really fleshes out uh, Obi-Wan's character by mm-hmm. playing him off these other characters. We, we learned so much about him. You got some questions about uh, the Satine stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously building up this relationship with Maul and just between Grievous Maul a little bit uh, with Asajj Ventress, that there's something that uh, Obi-Wan attracts people to, like, obsess on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's something else that, like, attracts people just like, I don't I don't have a fixation on you, Maul. Yeah. I, I feel a responsibility for you because I, I tried to end you and now you're hurting people, so I'll, I'll take care of this. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with General Grievous. Like, all right, Anakin's usually fighting Dooku, so I'll go fight you. Uh, <laughs> but you're obsessed with me. Yeah. So I like that. The Reiko Hardeen arc is really odd. The one where yes. he goes under surgery to look like the bounty hunter. But it's one of the yeah. most Obi-Wan focused one. And I think one of the really uh, revealing things about that is how much he's willing to just do what the Jedi Council mm. tells him Tell to him. do, including fake his death. Yeah. Knowing how hard of a time Anakin has with attachments. Right. And not taking Anakin into his confidence. Right. And I think he just, to go back to that parent thing, it seems like he always expects so much of Anakin and that he just does it. He's got this blind spot that he just sees like Anakin is more sensitive and emotional and he needs more. He's a high spirited kid. He's a high spirited kid, right? (laughs) But like, like, there's probably all these moments where it would have been better if Anakin had been or Obi-Wan had been able to be like, hey, Anakin, buddy. I'm not supposed to tell you this. Right. Or it's not normal for Jedi to say this, but let's go play ball yeah. <laughs> and talk about her feelings. Yeah. And that Reiko Hardin arc is great where I feel like Obi-Wan thinks like, oh, I'm sure he'll be fine with it. <laughs> and Anakin's like, I thought you were dead, <laughs> you know? And I, you know, there's that. And we as the audience know, like he could have went on a murder rage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> wow. Jen, for some of your favorite Clone Wars arcs. You know, I can't, I cannot even think there's so many. There's so many. But you know what I, I was thinking about? Uh, as James Arnold Taylor, to me, his performance 
in the Clone Wars, the entire Clone Wars series, really gave me a new appreciation for the character of Obi-Wan and helped me look back on the prequels and look at them in a new way. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing the nuances that you guys are are talking about with this character. And it's because of of, uh, James's performance. He he brings a, a playfulness to it where I can I can understand his thought process a little bit more and I understand why he is kind of like that's just his personality he likes the rules you know Mm. he's just that kind of a person but uh but that's all credit to James Arnold Taylor I I would you know we had the great uh opportunity to sit with James Arnold Taylor for our four center meets you guys can check that out on our youtube page and we'll release that audio version soon as well but Head on over and see us sitting down and talking to James. I would I would love to do it again and really get into the nuts and bolts of how did you craft this character? Right. Because I see we talk about you and McGregor really hitting a stride. I think by Sith, that is the perfect combination of what will become and what we eventually would see, but in story happens before in Clone Wars of this the the younger version of, of this old hermit in the desert. And so all the stuff is there. But it's but James does such a good job of of making it his own character, bringing a lot to it. Um just of getting into that mindset of of like you said, he's funny, he's quippy. Yeah. But he is also the older brother. Yeah. Right. A, li- yeah a little grumpy, a little flirty. I mean, he's like, yeah. Yeah, he's a lot of things. And and I think he does, uh, you know, he, he pushes boundaries and tests them for his own purposes. We'll yeah. get into that a little bit more. But, I, you know, I would give, I think James is uh, amazing. And, and mm-hmm. he I think he deserves all of the credit for his performance. But I think the fact that this was Lucas's place where he, you know, breathed a little bit yeah. and told mm-hmm. the stories that he ran out of room for. Right. I think that you do see since since Lucas was involved that this is the the big picture of the character mm. that maybe he didn't you know leave himself enough elbow room to fully explore in the actual movies right mm-hmm. yes. uh, lo- yeah a lot of the Clone Wars was George going ah yeah I've got some room <laughs> I've got some room uh, all right we talked a little bit about Duchess Satine that is that is my favorite arc without a doubt and it's a lot of people's favorite arcs of, of Obi Wan and Duchess Satine she's such a popular. Uh, character, and I think the best thing about it is this is a big revelation that that I, I call Kenobi kind of a golden boy in the sense of, like I said Jen, he'll follow the rules. He's a big leader. He's popular around campus, but everyone likes him. Like the, the nerds and the jocks all love Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi. He's just a righteous dude. Um, but he had a love. He had fallen in love. We don't know to what how far that went. We we get into some of those details, but and, and it's revealed he would have left the Jedi Order for her. Mm. And I remember thinking, not that I thought Obi-Wan was on the surface, but ah, oh, there's some depth here I didn't expect with this character. Yeah. I love this relationship. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, one of the things I love about it is I think that uh, Obi-Wan is sort of our like perfect baseline Jedi. Mm-hmm. But to me, the whole idea of a perfect Jedi is someone who is working at these higher lofty goals and ideals all the time. Right. And so it's doesn't to me, it doesn't tarnish his image in any way that he was tempted to leave right because that's a part of working towards it you know that's why i don't like the gray jedi thing right 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 so if you're like you're a jedi or you're not mm-hmm. and everybody is a gray jedi up to a point because you always have to work on it and i feel yeah. like if we got to tell every story of kit fisto and yarl poof mm-hmm. they would all have moments where they faltered yeah and what makes them heroes or jedi is you know they find themselves they come back to it yeah or they walk away if they want to and we have you know characters who've done that the other thing I love about this is the way that story is revealed mm-hmm. is that Obi-Wan says to Satine, if you had asked me, I would have left. Mm. He hands in th- that 
that present moment and in the past the responsibility to her. Yeah. He doesn't say, I asked you to leave and you said no. Mm. He doesn't say, I tried to leave and Qui-Gon stopped me. He just totally, you know, in modern dating parlance, you know, like mm-hmm. he never asked her out. He just waited to see if yeah. she would ask him out. <laughs> it's a story I, 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 it has to be told. Yeah. I think there's so much to this year that they spent together and on the run. Yeah. It's a, Built-in story, so beautiful. Uh, and I know, I think, I think she said it off air. I don't. There was an. I, maybe I won't say uh, unless I've mentioned. There was an author who I had a chance to meet in Lucasfilm. Has already written some stories. He was like, "Oh, I've, I've, I've pitched this story. Oh. I want to tell this story. I hope it sees the light of day." Yeah, there's some, so much stuff there. Uh, mm-hmm. And Jen, yeah, did it, 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 I, I agree with what you're saying, Joseph? It didn't. It wasn't like it was like, "Oh, Kenobi's a bad boy." It was like, "Oh, he's real." It's like when yeah. you learn. Someone who's like, yeah, I've, I've, uh, you know, it's, well, Carrie, F- Carrie Fisher herself was like, oh yeah, and I've struggled with all this stuff. I've, oh, I'm owning this struggle, and that's more inspirational than someone like, yep, I did everything right and I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy, no problem here. Yeah, <laughs> being perfect is a breeze. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that it, to me, it felt the most real. I was like, oh, this makes so much sense for this character, and that's that is all this stuff that we learn about in the Clone Wars and this this relationship is what gives the character in the original trilogy so much more weight. Better, as my mom used to say, better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. And you know, like for him, I think that I think that he learned a lot from this relationship, and uh, it, and it tested him in a way that I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, certainly when he when he lost her, yeah. and so yeah, I loved that. It added different colors uh, to the character. Every yeah. time I hear that quote, I think of Tom Lee Jones and Men in Black looking at Will Smith, going, "Try it, try it sometime." <laughs> and that's such a great point of like that moment where she where she dies. It's a test, and he. There, there's no thought from him. Yeah. He, he he feels a horrible pain, but there's that great line of just like, no, I'm not going to turn to the dark side because yeah. he killed someone I love, right. which is the whole reason yeah. that the Jedi don't want attachments because they think you will lead it. It will lead you to, you know, uh, terrible, terrible things. And mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is like, nope, nope. It's it's why it's such a popular arc because it brings so much and I the Duchess Satine just a fascinating character too just constantly challenging Obi Wan and just upfront of like oh you you Jedi are generals now huh yeah huh, interesting interesting final thing here in the younger this is going actually to Attack of the Clones but it's one of my favorite moments in Star Wars and it's 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 I don't know it, it's more about Dooku we've talked about Dooku but this this uh, from the Obi Wan perspective Attack of the Clones. Obi-Wan is captured uh, on, on uh, Geonosis there. Dooku's got that great scene with him where he, you know, plays a little bit like, oh, I have nothing to do with you being captured. Oh, <laughs> but then there's this moment where Dooku just kind of is like, all right, let me tell you everything as it actually is. And I think Qui-Gon would have been with me, your master. And I love this scene. And Obi-Wan's just like, Qui-Gon Jinn would never join you. And I think he's right. But there's enough truth going on here where it makes me always wonder, how close could this have happened, Joseph? Do you think Obi-Wan, I know he wouldn't have gone to the dark side, but would he just absolutely have been like, yeah, you know, taking down the Sith sounds like a good idea. I think if Dooku had uh, approached him in an entirely different way, if it really was like, you know, we, we talked about whether Dooku's playing this game of like, am I, is he a full-in Sith or is he right. feeling like, oh, I'm just riding this power for a little while until I can, I mean, the, the Sith are supposed to take over their master, but does he really want to just... Yeah, overthrow the bad guy and then be good. Probably not. But if it, it, I think if Dooku had had come to him as like, oh, I left the Jedi Order, hmm. no Sith, just just come to you and say, I'm a political leader of the Separatist movement because of this. 
I think he maybe could have really talked yeah. Obi-Wan into, into helping him. Right. But I think Obi-Wan would have tried to go to Yoda in the council first. Absolutely. You know? I think it would have taken so much for Obi-Wan to go rogue. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah, even even without this, yeah, you're right. Well, okay, let me uh, let me report back to Mason Yoda, yeah, Kiati. Um, yeah, it's just a fascinating moment to me, Jen, where where you know, Dooku's this, he's being truth up until the it'll be difficult to scale your release, but yeah, I mean, it's the circumstances which are pretty shady. <laughs> oh I yeah, I understand why he would not want n- number one not trust him, mm-hmm. and let alone not believe him when he makes that comment about you know, well, the Jedi, the Jedi would would know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's also part of it, too, where I think that his faith in the Jedi Order is so strong that it's almost like if he were to suddenly assist Dooku, it would go, he would be turning his back against the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it would shake how he feels about them. I, I just don't think that, I just, he's too, he's too stuck with his tribe. He's right. not going to leave. I, yeah. You know, I think the bigger question is, you know, would Qui-Gon, would, was there any mm-hmm. truth to what Dooku's saying or is he just using it as a tool? And I think there's some truth. I, I, that's what I, one of the things I hope Claudia Gray gives us some insight on, on Qui-Gon himself. Yeah. You know, he is, he's on the outside. Definitely not Gray. I don't like that term either, but he's, he's, he's not afraid to fight the order, the high council. Yeah. On things. He would have gone rogue. Yeah. And I think that's where it gets to be like a good knife twist because yeah. he would have gone rogue, but he wouldn't have been down with any Sith business, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stay away from that Sith business there. All right. I want to talk the third chapter here. Vader. Vader. Um, there's a lot about Kenobi and Vader, obviously. <laughs> it's a big thing. And I still think there's a lot more story to tell between them But uh, if we were to ever get to it. But I want to start at this point here. Why do you feel Yoda? sent Kenobi to take down Vader. There's a, maybe some logistical reasons. There's maybe some databank brawl-like stat <laughs> reasons with him and Palpatine. Mm-hmm. I get that. But I think there's this bigger thing at play, too. What do yeah. you think here? I think there's a couple of things going on. I think for some reason that should be explored more, Yoda really felt time was of the essence. Mm-hmm. Because there's, you know, that moment where Kenobi's like, send me after Palpatine. And Yoda basically says, like, no, you're not strong enough. Yeah. But... There's not any good reason explored why Yoda and Obi-Wan don't go to try to take down Palpatine together, then go find Anakin. Right. So there's a time thing. But I think most of it is just Yoda having the wisdom that Obi-Wan's connection to Anakin will make it so that he can somehow defeat him and find him. Because that's the, Mm -hmm. the first point. They don't know where he is. Right. Palpatine's down the hallway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's just a couple of skyways <laughs> over on Coruscant, <laughs> right? With but, I mean, that's, I think, a great, elegant moment of Revenge of the Sith of, like, Obi-Wan's like, I don't even know where he is. And he's like, well, follow your instincts. Yeah. With everything crumbling, Obi-Wan lets himself acknowledge truths that he's been seeing. Yeah. Right? For a long time with Padnet, eh? Uh, and that's really, I think, really elegant and yeah. interesting. That's the stuff I love where, yes, the decision's easy just even as a storytelling point. Well, of course, we're gonna, we know we have to get to this point. Yeah. You said that there's this battle, but there's some meaning there if you get into that Star Wars bubble and watch the story play out in front of you there, uh, Jen, where, yep, there, there was that connection. Yeah, I think that that's exactly the reason why. I mean, yeah, from a logistical standpoint, the, the, they're even matched, right? <laughs> it makes sense that he would, send, uh, he would send Kenobi to Vader, but I think it is that connection. If you have a troubled kid troubled teenager, you're not going to send this, you know, t- teacher who to go. You're going to send the person that they connect with the most who could maybe talk some sense into them. Yeah. Right. And that's what I think he's hoping in this case. Yoda. Yeah. Do you think, uh, on Mustafar, do you think Obi-Wan went there 
to just fight him. And I think he says some things like that, but I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated with this idea. I go to Last Jedi where Luke is like, I'm here to kill Kylo, basically. Mm. There's, to me, there, you know, and Leia's like, yeah, he's gone, you know. Uh, do you think Obi-Wan on the way there, hiding in that little supply closet, is like, there's a chance I can save Anakin, or I, I really have to finish this? It, 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 what's going through? I'm trying to get in his head here. I think he is hoping for any glimmer. You know, and I, I don't think it is written perfectly, but I think that's what that um, only a Sith deal in absolutes. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is that moment where Obi-Wan is so Yoda's been very clear of like the boy you trained is gone. Right. He fell. Right. And I think Obi-Wan, you know, it's even in his lines of like, I will do what I must. Yeah. That he's going to do his duty. And he, I think he knows, like, I have to do my duty. I have to stop him. He could, he's, he could be a great threat. Yeah. Uh, as he says to Padme. And I think he's. Hoping, hoping, and what he ends up is just getting verification. Yeah, mm. of like every everything that Anakin is doing and everything that he is saying, he's just not giving Obi Wan even an opening to Nothing. go like. But what about <laughs> nothing? Yeah, so he just nothing. gets this checklist of Yoda's right, right. This is my responsibility. I know how powerful he is. I know how dangerous he is. I have to stop him. Just a Jedi doing his job. Yeah, and it's but, so much more. But like he's <laughs> but he's clinging to that. Yes. I will do what I must. Do do what must be done. Uh do you do you uh why do you think Jen why do you think he didn't kill him on that shore? And this is I I, I know after two thousand five said there was just was a lot of people had fun with this moment of Obi Wan's kind of a jerk. He left his friend to die in bird. Oh, but let's yeah. get into the story there. It's it's a painful moment. Mm-hmm. It's it's Ewan's big monologue. You were yeah, the chosen such a, one. Oh, that's my one of my favorite scenes. But he leaves him there burning. Yeah. Well, I think he leaves him there burning because he believes he's gonna die, and he doesn't want to watch his brother die. Essentially, mm. that's why like he that leaves angle. them. And I really think that he is trying. He he does not want to kill him. He, when he says that, you know, give, what does he say? Give up. I have the high ground. Like that yeah. that section. He is hoping that Anakin will just, <laughs> just stop. Just please, you know. Uh, but there has to be consequences. <laughs> and so that's why he ultimately leaves. Just because he, I think he truly believes he's, he's yeah. dead. Yeah. Yeah. One would think, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an old kids in hall sketch. Stay down. <laughs> Stay down. Right. Yeah. yeah. The novelization, if I recall, it's been a long time, plays with he, he Obi-Wan is wrestling with his and he hears uh, Palpatine's shuttle coming. Right. Which, that's, a, that's a whole different thing mm-hmm. uh, in the novelization. And again, it's been years, so I, yeah. might, I might have some, some memory slips there. We'll do Force Center Book Club. Yeah, I think if you just watched the movie, I totally agree with you, Jen, of like, yeah, most of his limbs are gone and he just burned yeah. and he's far away from any resources mm-hmm. uh, in I mean I, I would it would be fun to like a man fun's not the right word imagine <laughs> you know Obi-Wan getting a few steps away and like should I turn should, back should, should I, I should I make absolutely sure and like how could he this was already hard enough right, right. yeah like this is close enough. I I, I really do, I really do. <laughs> Good enough. But, but yeah, Again, that makes it sound, it's hard to talk about this without yeah. making jokes. But I totally agree. Of like, he's yeah. how could he? He's dead, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's I'm not gonna just sit here and watch the light go out of his eyes. Well, I, which I, is maybe a failing on Obi Wan's part, right? Right. And that makes right. it an interesting, juicy story. And when we dig in on that, what we always joke is that force center way. When you peel back those layers, I, I really think what you're both saying is 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 the answer. We're like. I got that's far enough, and I can't do this. Yeah. I can't. I've done what I'm supposed to do, but this is about it. Oh, plus Harka here a shuttle. But I think I think that 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 yeah that that's part of the pain. That's part of the pain in Obi Wan's eyes on Tatooine years later. Yeah, and then now you got to carry the guilt of oops, 
he got back up. I did that much. Yeah. I caused that much pain to him. Yeah. And he went on to be this thing that I meant to stop anyway, and I could have just yeah. finished him. Like, yeah, that, that's a juicy story that that's a guilt he has to live with. And it was selfish, too. Yeah. He didn't have the compassion to put him out of his misery in some <laughs> sense. I mean, that's, well, you know, that's what a lot of these uh, right. shows show you, the compassion of killing someone. Right. Well, but, but just, and, and, and there, so they're in, inside the bubble, inside the story bubble. I love that. It's, it's another little maybe flaw in Obi-Wan, like, exactly. got to carry that there. Um, uh, so, so it's a lot there, a lot, lot to get to. So I, I do want to get to some other stuff here. We could really do a three-part on Obi-Wan there. Let's talk about Kenobi's point of view. Joseph Eustace did a Star Wars counseling on the line of Obi-Wan. <laughs> uh, so this is, I had to include this quote because it's, its I think, one of your favorite quotes it in is. Star Wars. Absolutely. Duchess Satine, Senators, I presume you're acquainted with the collection of have-trues and hyperbole known as Obi-Wan Kenobi. So Kenobi's known for, you know, his uh, point of view. What does that tell us about Kenobi? Is he actually lying, projecting, protecting, I should say? Um, some obvious answers, but maybe some deeper stuff there. What do you think? Yeah, I think for me, the whole point of view thing is a legitimate perspective. I think he is very true to his own beliefs Mm -hmm. and he stays on his path. But I think he is a very thoughtful person who wants to look at things from every angle. He's very, very curious. And I think he only comes to more and more realize this as he gets older. Mm -hmm. I think we see him do that in like an honestly trying to figure out why do different people feel different things, like in the lava battle with Anakin, where he starts Mm -hmm. to understand Anakin's. He doesn't think it's right. Yeah. But he knows what Anakin is thinking. And I think we see him do it again and again as just a way to kind of test his villains mm. of just kind of push their buttons. And we'll right. talk about the whole Luke scene. But I think he was saying what he thought he needed to say. Right. Mm-hmm. At the time. Yes. Yeah, we've talked about this, yeah. right? Where, where when he finally shows up as a force ghost and and he has this conversation with Luke, I, I think that he... He gave he gave Luke the information that he needed at the time. Mm-hmm. He didn't he didn't feel like he was ready to give him the whole thing. So he's kind of doling it out. And it was true from a certain point of view. Yeah. And sometimes you have to do that, you know, yeah. for, for the be- for the best uh, outcome for that person. Do you feel like that as a parent like that? That absolutely. is uh, absolutely absolutely. You, you tell yeah. them the amount that they can handle. And yes. then six months from now, when they can know the darker side of that truth, you can. Yeah. Well, whatever I mean, amount of time. It's as simple as this morning when I was going to drop off my daughter to her to her school. She didn't want to go. And she says, am I going? And I said, not right now, because <laughs> I needed time to get ready. <laughs> and then guess what? You know, when I was starting to get closer, OK, yes, you are going to school. <laughs> but she didn't need to know right at that moment. It was it was a little early. It was a little early to start that process of no, I don't want to go. So later today, she's going to be like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about that scene, Joseph. That's Let's so go great. to Return of the Jedi and also this idea. All right, should Obi-Wan, again, we're all playing around with story. We know sometimes what the answers are from watching movies. But, you know, could could he have told Luke at some point, almost like Jen saying, we got to go to Anchorhead. Cool. Hey, we're in Anchorhead, most Leslie. Why are we here? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> could he have doled it out there, go to the scene in Jedi, force ghosts sitting on a log, what do you think about all this here? Yeah, I think if he's had survived the Death Star, you know, and right. he had continued to train Luke, I'm sure he would have doled it out in a really measured mm. way. And I think since Luke is powerful and with Obi-Wan there to guide him, I think if Obi-Wan had survived, he would have like exploded in his training and he would have doled yeah. it out much much more quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I like that too. That death thing kind of got... Got in the way. Might have been still, part of the plan. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. might have been. He can still whisper, and I yeah. think he really chooses when when Luke is on his path, when to when to talk to him, and when he's he, ready to hear things. You're right, because a whisper in, in your X-wing uh, pilot helmet, 
Darth Vader's your dad. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> We're not quite there yet. Not right? quite you there. You can't flood him with all this information. He's yeah. just learning about the Force. Oh, and by the way, it's like, yeah. oh. He was just at a Tashi station a few weeks ago. Now he's got all this. Uh, I do want to talk about the, the Chosen One. And Anakin, um, Anakin, here's the thing. George Lucas has answered definitively. No, Anakin's the Chosen One. Here's why. Da, 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 the Mortis arc. But yet, even after that, <laughs> even after that, Filoni and team have have put this idea that, nope, Kenobi holds true to this idea that Luke is the chosen one. He tells them all that. You get that sense. So I love talking about prophecies uh, and that they're meant to be messed with, misinterpreted, changed, or just completely gotten wrong. Um, I like that that still could be there, even though George, and I understand what George is saying. That's how he laid it out. Um, I want to talk about Kenobi's point of view on the chosen one and just the journey from not Anakin. Anakin, that's Luke. Yeah. I like the idea that he didn't <laughs> think too much about this prophecy while training Anakin. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything really in canon for this. This is just my head canon that I like of just, Qui-Gon wanted him trained because he thought he was the chosen one. Uh, I'm just going to train him like he's any other Jedi and not treat him differently. Right. And uh, then obviously that whole hermit time on Tatooine is a, a good time to re-examine right. lots of things. So I, I like the idea from a sort of a fallible perspective that mm-hmm. it's a comforting thing for Obi-Wan to believe yeah. that Anakin wasn't the chosen one, was actually his offspring, Luke, because that means there's still should, hope. Yeah. That means that maybe that it doesn't matter if Obi-Wan had done something different with Anakin. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it could be a belief that's letting him off the hook a little bit, right. which makes him a flawed and interesting character. But then from a certain point of view, he's half right because Anakin will not fulfill the prophecy as Lucas laid it out mm. of destroying both himself and Palpatine at the same time, ending the Sith, without Luke. Without right. Luke's package compassion. Deal. Yep. Yeah. Package deal. So the package deal. So Obi-Wan's right from a certain point of view. Yeah. <laughs> as, mm. as he always is, Jed. As he yeah. always is. Yeah, I like, I love uh, the scene, what is it, in, uh, in Jedi on the, on the, on the uh, uh, troop transport there where they're, he and Mace and Yoda are talking, and Obi-Wan's kind of got this, like, well, but isn't he the chosen one? It's not a taunt, but it's just kind of like a thing. Now, on Sith, you were the chosen one! Uh. There's some belief there, obviously, in that moment there. It's out of pain. Uh, so, again, fascinated by this little, little journey that he ends up, yeah, probably going, well, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That, he, this, that his views can change and that they're malleable. And like you're saying, Joseph, that he didn't start off like that. He, and he certainly it wasn't always at the forefront of, of when he was training Anakin. So for me, when he finally says that in, in Revenge of the Sith, there is so much weight. It's like, oh, you really, you really did believe. You really had so much faith and trust in him. And it makes that so much more devastating. And then he's like, well, I guess we got to move on. <laughs> you know, what can yeah. you do? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great thought too. Of like, how much is Obi-Wan just being like being a good Jedi during that sort of Clone Wars era? I'm like, hey, a lot of horrible stuff is going on, but don't worry about it because Anakin's on the path. I've, mm-hmm. I've trained him. He's, he's a good man. Mm-hmm. He's got some problems, but he's a good man. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, he'll take care of it. Cause that's the prophecy. Mm. Like, he's not, like, spending a lot of time examining it, but just putting his faith in, it'll work out, because Anakin's the chosen one. Mm -hmm. My master was right. Oh, that's painful. I also love the pressure of a of a Jedi master. Like, all right, your Padawan's the chosen one. Like, oh, can I have Kit Fisto's Padawan? <laughs> Fisto, you want to trade? Oh. A lot of pressure. 
All right, let's go to the desert years. In the desert years. Uh, Kenobi's sitting out there. All right, you, you mentioned it a little bit. What's he contemplating, Joseph? What, do you, what is he learning? What do you think is going through his head? And do you like the idea of him going to confront Vader one more time? A lot here going on in the desert. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Kenobi by the campfire? I think Kenobi by the campfire is uh, all of the just re-examining everything. Uh, I think it's the communing uh, with Qui-Gon, with Yoda, and really just thinking through uh, I mean, we, I think we all share uh, on this podcast and many people listening that that neurotic thing you do after a party. Mm-hmm. And by all outward impressions, you were charming and likable and everybody was right. happy to see you. But then you get home and you have that nagging sense of like, I messed everything up. <laughs> yeah. And for Obi-Wan, there's some obvious things that oh, didn't go according to plan. But I think it is just the ultimate like... Yeah. Almost two decades of uh, Monday morning quarterback re-examining everything. What I did wrong. What there. I did wrong with the Jedi Order did wrong. What yeah. is the future oh, yeah. of the galaxy? What is the right way? Should I just do a mind trick on Owen and start training him? Or should I just let the Force play out with Luke the way it's gonna? Like, uh, everything. Questioning yeah. everything. Mm. Yeah, which also leads up to this idea, you know, him coming out with the you know Luke must be trained, and I love from a certain point of view the the, the, the anthology novel that that Yoda was like, "Nah, I want Leia, train Leia, train Leia." And Obi Wan's like, "I've been here for a long time thinking about this. It's yeah. definitely Luke. It's definitely Luke. He's it's got to be Luke." And uh, to answer your other question, yeah. uh, we've talked about it a lot, so I don't need to go into detail. I yeah. I, I really think a, a, another meeting between Obi Wan and, and Vader, where uh, Obi Wan can become fully convinced that Anakin mm-hmm. can't be turned is. Uh, real, there's a lot of room for that story. Yeah. And I would love to see it. Obi Wan once thought as you did, Jen. That's that's an interesting potential story yeah. start for Vader. There's just there is a lot there. Mm. I have become a believer thanks to you guys about the idea of a standalone Obi Wan movie in the desert by the campfire, really stewing over his choices and debating on what the right thing is to do. I think about Uncle Owen. You know, he just was trying to do his best. Yeah, he really was, and trying to protect. Luke, but uh, yeah. Do you, do you, final point on that thing because again we, yeah, we we could talk about this section of Obi Wan's life for a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about Maul, but but Uncle Owen. Do you think at any point Owen would have been like, all right, now it's time to take him, or did he just like, nope, now the kid's mine. Me and Baru got this kid, and you're not, you're not touching him. Yeah. At any point, do you think you would have been like, well, this is kind of what you were, you were supposed to watch him, or were they were like, ah, we were, no, you said raise not watch and hand back over. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's uh, there in the text of A New Hope. He doesn't want to let him go. Mm. Mm-hmm. He wants to keep Luke on the farm. Yeah. Uh, and I talked about this in the counseling, uh, too. But uh, mm-hmm. but I, I think Owen's this great, flawed character, too, of like, of course, he's just trying to keep this kid safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But he's also fighting the entire <laughs> destiny of the galaxy. Never mind, I just do think kids should allow their children to grow wings and fly, right. regardless of whether they are the chosen one or not. Yeah. <laughs> Kenobi and Maul, Star Wars Rebels gives us the great ending to this long-standing rivalry. I mean, we're talking 30 years or so here that these two were going at it. Maul, woo, obsessed with Obi-Wan, uh, kills Duchess Satine, all these things. And this is a story we didn't, I don't think I ever expected to see in Star Wars Rebels. And even if you did it season one, oh, you know, eventually Obi, Obi-Wan and Maul are going to fight for the final <laughs> time. What? Nah, we got yeah. Chopper here. What's going on? Beautiful piece of Star Wars storytelling. A lot there. Let's talk about the end of this rivalry. Joseph, what did we learn from this? What did we learn? I think it, it, I think you could sense it from A New Hope, but I really like that a button was put on that all of this meditation and self-examination built to a place of peace mm. for Obi-Wan. Like, certainly, 
the fate of the galaxy is still uh, up in the air, but that for himself, like I am still, I can still be a Jedi. My mission is very, very different, Mm -hmm. but it is guarding this boy and this is right. This is where I should be. Um, And then the actual fight is just like, to me, one of the best uh, culminations of uh, the ideals of a Jedi, Mm -hmm. because it is literally knowledge and defense. Obi-Wan knows exactly how Maul's going to attack him. He knows what he's fighting for, and he only ignites that saber when Maul threatens Luke. And it's just, after, you know, all of this journey that we talk about with this character and him kind of just trying to be the perfect, down-the-road, doing-his-job-Jedi, that fight illustrates Hmm. all of the description we've ever heard in all of Star Wars about what a Jedi does. Right. Knowledge, defense, peace, justice, and then even compassion and forgiveness from all. It's it's beautiful. He's the ultimate Jedi in that scene. It's beautiful stuff. Yeah. That that the the that shot and there's some great fan art of, of Maul dying and Obi Wan's on. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful, Jen. Oh, I still gotta watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. <laughs> when you watch it now, you're gonna be like, it's what what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean just the just the stills that I've seen and obviously the the fan reaction, I'm like Gosh dang it. I wish I had kept up with this show to really experience the true weight of this moment. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I It's it's almost a standalone episode. It has yeah. Ezra involved in it and everything, right. but if you've got enough of Ezra's story, you pick. I think you can pick that up right away. Yeah. You, you can, you can in, in, it fits in really well, but you can watch it for its own thing. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I would give it, a, give it a shot there. Yeah, and it's also, it's this weird, it's this power playing, what the, the, the stuff he says to Maul about how you define power. It, it, that's some of my favorite yeah. stuff in it there too as well. And a great end, and a great end that we didn't think we'd ever see, but nope. we got it. Beautiful it's there. Uh, all right, we, we we got a lot going on, Kenobi. Some f- some final thoughts, uh, just um, uh, and a, and a final fun question here. Let's go to this here. I I kept thinking, how do we how do we have a we always like a fun question. So here it is. Would you rather have a desert picnic or a cup of Jawa juice at Dex's or a drink at a cantina slash bar with Kenobi? A lot of different versions to choose from here. Little different adventures potentially in each choice here, Jen. Well, what would you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would like to go to to a cantina with Kenobi, but I don't know if I kind of want to go with young Kenobi. Mm-hmm. I think I like yeah. like adult Padawan Kenobi. Like he's I about think, to graduate. Yeah, I actually think yeah. more like Attack of the Clones, just because right, I want right. to hear more about this murder mystery. Not murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know the, mis- the mystery. Clone mystery. Yeah, clone, clone mystery. mystery. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that to me, I feel like if I were to go with him in his older years, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it might. Uh, yeah, it okay. might be too much like a grandpa for me. You want to? Yeah. <laughs> you want to hit the town with Kenobi? Yes, I like that yes. choice, Joseph. Oh. Bar with Kenobi uh, <laughs> uh, at any age where he is of legal drinking age. I'd be happy to visit, uh, uh, maybe not uh, Chalmans because he doesn't seem a fan yeah. of the place. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to a bar that Kenobi likes. Like, yes. I want to make him pick. Yeah. And be like, this is his spot. But I, I go with Jen. I think in his prime on Coruscant, because I think he really is the he, that guy who's like, Oh, now I cut loose. I'm in my happy place. Right. You want to hear my theory on this? Right. I, I have a rumor about uh, Kit Fisto in a, in a joke about what he does. <laughs> and I think you could get, get him going on books he's read yeah. and philosophy. And he just he, he would get in his cups and have lots and lots of fascinating opinions. Just 
best bar buddy ever. I love that. My my answer almost has to be if anyone uh, you know if you got to spend some time around me and I've I've said let's meet for lunch or a little business meeting. Uh, it's Dexter's Diner because I love my crappy diners. <laughs> I got one near me here. I could see popping in there with Obi Wan and kind of getting the same stuff, picking his brain. Desert picnic is appealing, and the the drinking thing, depending on my mood, if it's like a Friday night and I'm heading to the comedy store patio, yeah, let's bring Kenobi. <laughs> and I think I've talked about it a long time ago, but like uh, me and my friend Paul were in line of Attack of the Clones, um, waiting to go in, and uh, I was like, dude, je- the Jedi are kind of the bad guys of the galaxy, and I think Obi Wan's a drunk, and like we were just kind of joking, having a yeah. Kevin Smith clerks like conversation about it. And he, it, it, Paul, it, Paul, who is now a police officer, I was just like, no, he is, he is the good Jedi. And, and that, that scene, and Attack Clones, he's like, we need to get a drink. I literally yeah. had my hands up, like, see. What did I tell you? Where are you going to get a drink? Get yeah. a drink. <laughs> uh, but I think in the end, I'm going to uh, get a cup of Jabba juice at Dexter's Diner. Well, there that we is go. our conversation about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'll tell you, we could come back to this. And you could break down parts of his life. I think there's so much to this character. But I think uh, a lot of fun. Your guys' insights and answers uh, really uh, made this fun for me to hear from you all. Uh, if you guys out there have thoughts about Obi-Wan, we'll tell you at the end of the show where you can reach out and let us know. We do, though, want to go to some audience questions. That is right. We always take two uh, from social media and two from Patreon. So we've got one from Mario Jansen, uh, who wrote us on Facebook. What if Ryan Johnson's new movie, Knives Out, actually is the first movie in his new Star Wars trilogy, having them using Knives Out just as a decoy working title, but still delivering a murder mystery noir movie set in the Star Wars galaxy, and with that great cast. I know the possibility of that is next to zero, but a lot of the uh, actors or uh, cast in that movie would be great to see in a Star Wars universe. Uh, if you're not keeping up, real quick, here are some of the actors. Chris Evans, Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, Don Johnson. Just an endless list of people who are in this movie. Just an amazing cast. Uh, so for myself, I'll say, uh, yes, I would like to see Captain America, James Bond, Laurie Strode. I would like to see all these characters in Star Wars. Uh, but I just, I, I really think this is a Ryan Johnson wants to do these Star Wars movies, but he also wants to be his own filmmaker, so he's sneaking this in real quick, yeah. just like he's saying. Yeah. I mean, the next to zero is right, Mario, but what a fun question. I yeah. saw this one pop up, and, um, man, I, I was like, I went into daydream land. Times have changed since Blue Harvest in 1981, 2, and 3 before Jedi. Um, eventually, this would get, get found out, but they they did this. Maybe they did the... Was the secret Cloverfield movie or no? Mm. What was the? What, oh yeah, the, the one at Comic Con. They're like, surprise! Yeah. This movie's actually this. It's the the Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Did. Thank yeah. you, sir. Thank yeah. you. Um, so it's not impossible. It's 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 hard, but I would I would absolutely love this. <laughs> yeah, surprise! It's Especially lightsabers out. Yeah. Don Johnson and Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh! I actually had this thought, Mario, where every time I heard about this knives, I'm like. Yeah, yeah, is it Star Wars, right? And then uh, as things progressed, I'm like, okay, I guess clearly it's not Star Wars, but I love the idea of a murder mystery noir movie set in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. I also think that Ryan needs a break from Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. He needs to kind of replenish his his soul a bit until he yeah. dives back in. Absolutely. Also, can you just imagine how much it, it would cost if you had that list of actors booked for three films oh, <laughs> of a trilogy? Like, whoa. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, anyway, moving on. great question, Mario. Moving on to Donnie C. Donnie says, do you think Jedis were allowed to have sex provided they were not emotional attachment to their partner? Oh. This is a complex question. It can easily <laughs> go down the joke road. Oh. There Good. might be some jokes, but let's take it seriously. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Ken, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I like that Jen was like, all right. All I was right. going to, I had some great sex humor coming down the pipeline. <laughs> um, this is, 
this is great. It no, it, it's it's a good question. Um, you know, as often I do, I'll look at Game of Thrones, the Night's Watch, their vows. They can't take, uh, well, you know, wives can't have children. But as it's pointed out, it doesn't actually say you can have relations. So I think it's possible. I think. I think it would be looked down upon and the reality, and this is where you get into a deeper comment of, can you really have sex without connections or should you? All those kind of great, you know, deeper philosophical questions. I, you know, it's like going to the Duchess Satine. I actually choose to believe her and Obi-Wan had some relations. Yeah. I actually, I absolutely think that was part of, I think they had a not fully functional relationship, but it was more than just, you know, they accidentally held hands on a starship, you know? So I, I think I don't think they would have been allowed is my final answer, but doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Okay, uh, Jen, what are your thoughts and or jokes? Yeah, I don't I don't want to take your your witticisms away. Jokes, I don't have any jokes. <laughs> I, I do. Th- I think you're absolutely right, Ken. I think that they it was not allowed. It probably happened. I think what they taught probably was self love. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have some jokes. Uh, that is. I a- mean, I just think that this is probably what they were like. Look, this you have the need. You can you can t- take care of yourself. Whatever your needs are. Whatever I don't know why kit fists are example for everything, but you know, <laughs> do, oh, do nautilus need to touch their tentacles? Who knows? <laughs> you know. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Jen's grabbing the mic for support. There's, there's, there's probably some pamphlets involved. I'm sure that they were passed around and people yeah. were snickering. Yep. But I'm sure people take Body, advantage you of and it. yours. The lecture. Oh, and Yoda was By probably Yoda. talking about yeah. it. Oh, it's just uncomfortable for everyone. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, it's like those classes in fourth and fifth grade. Yeah, where right. like you guys really wonderful is the mind of a teenager, <laughs> yeah, right? Sex yeah, ed. Yes, exactly. uh, yeah. No, I, I, I'm in the same general ballpark. I think the most difficult thing about this actually is uh, because the way Star Wars has handled sex, at least on screen, is mm-hmm. in this very old movie, mm-hmm. 1940s serial, romanticized. Right. You know, the, the jokes that get even the closest to acknowledging it are still very chaste. In the books, we start to get a little bit more. So I think that's what hampers this kind of storytelling. I think it's one of those, it is not, um, I think sex is not forbidden. It's Mm. probably discouraged. And I think it happens. And I think we have evidence of that when Qui-Gon asks who the father was Mm. of Anakin. Mm. That they know that, well, sometimes... You know, uh, they didn't uh, break their vows. They didn't get yeah. married. They didn't develop an attachment. But oh, there's a uh, there's a couple of little yarrow poofs running around the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, Qui Gon. So so be it. Mm. Who's the father? Is it Kit Fisto? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Kit Fisto? <laughs> Maybe that's oh just a Quinlan gosh. Voss question. Yeah, because yeah. I think uh, I think Quinlan Voss. Uh, what was he doing has, on Tatooine? I think Quinlan Voss has sex. I mean, yeah. come on. I think Voss <laughs> might have been there for a, a custody weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on from Jedi self-love to some questions on Patreon. Our patron, Alden Diaz, says, In your hearts and minds, what was the final interaction with Luke, Han, and Leia altogether actually like? Do we think that Ben Solo was there? I'm personally fine with having not gotten it in the films, even though it would have been beautiful, but still I do think about it a lot. Was it bittersweet? Did they think they'd see each other again? This is a very, very powerful question. Jennifer, do you have... a, a like immediate emotional reaction? I don't. Well, you know what I immediately think was that it probably was not. Well, no, no, no. I No, I don't know. Pa- a pass. Pass. <laughs> I got to think about this. Ken? Uh, uh, I think it. this is a great observation question, Alden. Yeah, because I'm with you too. Would have loved to have seen it in episode seven or, or eight or whatever, but we didn't get it, and I like that storytelling. 
uh, choice they made. But yeah, as fans, we would want to see the big three together one more time. I think it might be smaller than we'd want. Uh, I'm not saying it's literally, hey, we're dropping Ben off at school, but not something different than that. Yeah. Uh, just kind of like, thanks, Uncle Luke, take him. We'll see you next time. Yeah. It would have been smaller than we wanted. I don't think that, I think yeah. they would have thought, hey, we'll see you again. I think, I was thinking of that moment. Mm-hmm. I want to believe in, in my little Star Wars soul that they reconvened after Ben's fall. Right. That, that's the, yeah. that's that's the three point. of them mm-hmm. did touch base. Uh, there's something about the way Han and Leia are discussing the post-fall interaction. That's true. Of like mm-hmm. Han is saying if Luke couldn't get through to him, I, I feel like Luke went to them both and I think it's just a heart-wrenching scene of Luke apologizing so much that yeah. that he lost him and Han shutting down mm. and like that's yep that's the answer that's the answer, <laughs> that's the answer. I'm, I'm imagining it now yeah yeah imagine it now mm. I think that there would have been two fateful meetings and the first is their their meeting to decide to to give Ben over to him and how that must have been a difficult mm-hmm. you know time together and then that was where my mind went but then I thought how how would that fit Time timeline wise, but oh man, yeah, that's a great story. Because they Han and Leia are also very clear about Snoke's involvement, right? So they have to have some True. idea of it from there. And then you couple with that with you know from uh, Bloodline, we know that Leia's already building the Resistance, mm-hmm. so Leia's already building a machine to fight now her son. Mm. Yeah. And you can see Han and Luke both going, "I'm out." Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Powerful stuff. Anyway, uh, these are great questions. We're going to move on to our final one from Moose Matson. How about a reimagining of the Christmas special, holiday special, in the vein of a Christmas carol? Who would be Scrooge? Who would be Bob Cratchit? In which three force ghosts would appear? Th- this one's kind of, this is great. This is this a great, is great question. question but it's a lot. This is another one of those, <laughs> uh, why didn't we just uh, do this as a whole episode? Th- yeah. yeah. This could be our holiday episode. Uh, yeah, did you guys have uh, I mean, pitches? I think I have to go to Palpatine as Bob Cratchit. That just makes sense, Is right? Bob Cratchit or is Scrooge? Oh, oh excuse me, Scrooge, 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 Scrooge That's Scrooge. a whole different thing. Wow, yeah. I've seen Christmas Carol. <laughs> I've seen Christmas. I did just watch Ghostbusters for the first time in my life, but I've seen Christmas Carol. Um, Scrooge, Palpatine. I, did, I just think that has yeah. to work. Yeah, but who get, So who is the Bob Cratchit? Is it... Uh, who, who? I mean, he's mistreating the entire galaxy. Yeah, Anybody could be Bob Cratchit. Anyone could. Um, but not, is it like a, Tarkin. an imperial? Is it Orson Krennic? <laughs> it might be Krennic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be Galen Erso. I have a kid. I have a daughter. And are there are there Force ghosts uh, trying desperately to get through to Palpatine? Oh yeah, yeah. Is it the Force priestesses? Uh, no, I th- I think I think it might be one kind of. Real scary one, excuse me. Uh, maybe a Bane, like a Ben Sith, you know, maybe more of a haunting. We know, but just go with me here. Uh, some kind of Bane-like character or a Ooh. new kind of Sith Lord kind of giving him the, the dark side. Because I, I, the three ghosts as a kid, one of them really scared me. The other one. Oh, yeah. Like, you know? um, and then I'm going, I'm going actually uh, Qui-Gon post. Nice. Like kind of talking some sense to him. And then maybe the final one. Ooh, I don't know. Yaddle? Yoda, <laughs> Kit Fisto, pick your Jedi. Post post sixty six. Jen, who do you got? Okay, so I would say the Scrooge would be Vader, okay. and uh, I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure about Bob Cratchit, but the three Force Ghosts. It would happen like within what, like uh, I think maybe a New Hope. So the Force Ghosts would be uh, Obi Wan, Ghost of Christmas Past would obviously take them to the prequels. Ghost of Christmas Present, which is like the jolly happy one, mm. I think would be Luke. 
And then the ghost of Christmas future would be Leia. Ooh, um, I like that. Yeah, to kind of bring to bring it down. Yeah, no, that's down. great because yes, that's the Vader is the one who maybe can be turned. Yeah, yeah, that okay. is great. Uh, that, that's much better than mine. So we'll just get mine out of the way and move on. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought Unker Plot <laughs> <laughs> should be Scrooge, <laughs> and love it. Bob Cratchit should be uh, Ray's parents before they left her. Perfect, Ooh. perfect. Because uh, he's mistreating mistreating them too. Uh, and then for Force Ghost, I, I would want Obi Wan to show up. Yoda, and then uh, Terra Sanube, the uh, old Jedi with the lightsaber cane from the Clone Wars. That's right. (laughs) Just because he's fun. That's great. So (laughs) there we go. We will get rolling on getting those uh, written and animated. (laughs) Put them out real soon. No problem. Absolutely. Thank you, Moose, Alden, Donnie, and Mario. Great thoughts, questions, and observations. If you have a question uh, on today's topic, have some thoughts about Obi-Wan or a question that you want us to answer here, you can reach out on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. We have a Facebook page, Force Center Podcast, a website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. We have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Tweet us a pic and we'll reshare it. Podcast is available on Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. And then on Patreon, Joseph, that's where we are asking for support to help us build towards gold. That's right. We are very close to our goal of uh, doing commentary for all the Star Wars movies. If you want to help us out with that or just generally keeping Force Center going and growing, a dollar to a month helps a lot. You can do that at patreon.com slash Force Center. Absolutely. We have had, you know, we did this in under two hours. I'm proud of us. <laughs> a lot more we could have said about oh, Obi-Wan yes. Kenobi. Oh, yes. We might revisit it again. Who knows what else we will learn. So before we leave, we want to tell, tell you where you can find our work. Jennifer Landa? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I don't know where else. Uh, new social media site, I'm sure that will happen. <laughs> at Jennifer Landa. It's just Joseph Scrimshaw. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website for all sorts of stuff. That's josephscrimshaw.com in particular. If you want, I've got a holiday album that's been out for a while. And now is the season, so you can check that out on my website. And i got a bunch of shows coming up. A uh, New Year's Eve show here in Los Angeles. You can go to my live shows page on the website for that. You can go to uh, KenNapsack.com, which will also find you uh, find your way to uh, the thenapsackfiles.podomatic.net and just follow me at KenNapsack. Uh, shows coming up as well, potentially in Arizona and New York City. Working all that, so follow me and I'll let you know where I'm going to be. That is it for now. So for Obi-Wan Kenobi from the planet Stu John, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Force Center.